I'm going to get the power of this principle, the power of language. Raise your hand. Say I. Let's put back on the stage then. Here's a couple of the principles again. I won't walk you through them all in detail, but I'll give you a little step at a time here. So first principle is language, power of language, which I think of as the principle of passion. Second power is the power of results focus. I'm not going to take any time on this because you got it now, don't you? You focus on the result. It's like taking the power of your mind and body and brain and putting it the laser power instead of having it scattered. You're no longer scattered on activities. Third principle, really, of RPM. It's the power of purpose. No more time on this one. You got it. Does the why change the how, yes or no? Does it change the quality of how you go about it when you're doing it for a different reason, yes or no? I'll give you a, my core belief in life. Motive does matter. Motive does matter. If you want to know my pain in life, my ultimate pain is people think of me as a motivator. I hate that term. Mr. Motivator. You know, people go, I don't need any motivation. I say, well, that's good because that's not what I do. Right? No, don't have a nice big belly. They go, I don't need any motivation. I'll go, that's obvious. You're highly motivated to eat. <laughs> right? I'm the why guy. I want to know why you say you want to lose weight, but you keep eating. Because what motivation is, is your motive for action. I'm very interested in what your motive is. You should understand your motive, your why, your purpose. That's where all the power of life is. And I believe motive does matter. If your motive in your business is just to make money, you can make it because you're focused on it. But I believe life moves to support whatever supports more of life. And I think a reason why Homex or a Zappos grows the way they do is because they have a higher purpose as well. And a higher purpose is to serve something more than themselves. See, if I'm just trying to meet my needs, I'm going to get a certain level of insight. And I looked at my life throughout my life over the last 30 years and thought, stuff happened at times that anybody who was there would go, that's impossible. There's no way that could happen. How could he know that? How could you shift that person? How could you change that situation? I've had these moments throughout my life. And I believe insight comes because I wasn't focused on me succeeding or failing. I was completely focused on serving them, and the insight shows up. You're trying to take care of your family, you're going to get a different level of insight than just yourself. Trying to take care of your company, even bigger insight. Trying to take care of your community, trying to take care of the world, humanity, without being ego, not saying it. If that's really in your intention, your intention affects the quality of what you're exposed to, of the insight of what comes through you. Motive does matter. And we can always shift our motive. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to meet your needs, meet your needs and others. The game changes. And by the way, if you do this in your planning, i.e. creating, the game changes. Okay, you make it a ritual. RPM is a ritual of questions. You gotta get it in your body as a sequence. When you get it in your body as a sequence and you lock it in and you condition it, it'll just happen. It'll happen like, what do I need to do? Used to happen inside of you. Next principle number four, it's the power of mapping. That means that once I know the result I'm after, once I know why I'm doing it, I got the right language, I need to come up with a map. You know what's interesting about a map? It doesn't always work. How many of you ever used before, in the old days, before they had Google Maps, there was a company called MapQuest. Whoever made the fatal mistake of using this crappy product? 
And what happened if you used MapQuest? What usually happened? You ended up getting a place worse than if you would have guessed. Because their map had nothing to do with the reality of the territory. Well, the more you do something, the more you're able to come up. The first time you do a map, you might be a little off. But if you do a map again and again and again, pretty soon you start learning the pathways to get to a result quicker, don't you? When you start making these maps, these action items, you're going to start to find certain ones get you further than others. And pretty soon, what took a long time, you're going to know the shortcuts. Oh, I know, the, I know how to get from here there quicker. I know the map. That's what used to be your to-do list. Now it's going to be a map to an outcome that's being fueled by your purpose. Okay? And then very quickly, as a principle, number five, the power of chunking. So you've been in the seminar this week, and you got all this information. And I've attempted to get you to at least capture it in one place in the form of principles and actions. That alone chunks it a bit. That means you could turn that part of your book, kind of review the principles right. You know, you can read the whole book, you look at the principles, and you can look at your action items and say, okay, what does this relate to? You could just make it a to-do list of all these things you're going to do and figure out when you're going to do them. Or you could take all those to-dos. You could say, okay, these all relate to marketing. These are all the actions related to the outcome of making sales better. These are all the outcomes made towards culture and improving my culture. And you could take this random list of to-dos and maybe fit them in six drawers, six categories. See, years ago, I started to chunking. I started to realize I could get out of stress very quickly if I just learned to chunk things. I know they get out of stress, but now when I thought of my day and I got interrupted, instead of going, oh my God, I got 57 individual things to do, there's only three things I'm after today. I get refocused on my outcome. How many follow this? Say I. You can do this with your project. You can do this with your week. You can do this with your company. So after a while, I came up with this idea. What if you could take, imagine your own home, the home you live in right now. What if we could take everything out of your house and you weren't there? And we dumped it all into just boxes. And the boxes got all collapsed into each other. And you were going to move and you weren't around. And then people just took all your stuff and just dumped it in the living room of your new house. Everything mixed in there. Underwear, toilet paper, soap, tissue, notebooks, computers, books cosmetics, all mumbled and jumbled together in the middle of the floor. Would that be somewhat stressful for you? Yes or no? But what if, in advance, you took everything in your life and knew it would fit into one of, let's say, two chests of drawers, six drawers in each, 12 drawers. Maybe they may be giant drawers, categories. Like everything fit into you know, home appliances or cooking or intimate wear or whatever. If you had those 12 and everything could fit in one of those, you could take anybody in that room once they knew those categories, how quickly could we transform that, that living room? How fast? Yeah, oh, this goes here, this goes there, boom, 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 boom. And by the way, when it's done, how quickly could you then get what you want? You know exactly where to go, put all your focus in there, you open the drawer, you find what you want. Wouldn't you like to be able to do that with all your outcomes, all your action items? I'm going to show you how. And this process is a simple way of managing your life. And I'll give you the big picture first for a moment. I'll scribble it up here as a chunking device. Think of your life this way. 
as a gross generalization. And by the way, chunking is an art, not a science. What does that mean? Is there a right way to do chunking, yes or no? No, there's no right way to do it because it's art. What somebody else thinks is beautiful, you might think is ugly. Chunking is to meet whose needs? Your own. Now, if you're trying to chunk to help other people, then you're gonna have to have something that's got a little more science than art to it. But think of it this way. If we were gonna try to manage your life, what if we had a life management system? Not a time management system, because the only reason for time is it's a resource so you can get the life you want. Is that fair to say? And let's take two aspects of your life. But one area is, let's say, your personal life. That's an area of your life, your personal life, that you want to manage. And another area of your life is your professional life. Whatever you do professionally, running the company, marketing director, sales director, maybe you run many companies, you're an entrepreneur. What if we could take everything related that's most important in your life, personally, and we could focus on the things that needed to happen regularly. So for example, if you don't focus on making your health better, does it get better or worse as the years go by? Which one? You can't afford not to give it consistent focus. And by the way, do you have to keep improving it, yes or no? If you try to keep it static, is health a static thing, yes or no? No. What about relationships? If you don't focus on relationships, do they tend to get better or worse? So there's some areas of your life within your personal life. If this was an area of life you're managing, is your personal and professional life. Your whole life could be managed in these two categories. If underneath these, we could say, everything that matters fits within six, eight, 10, 12 drawers. They might be things, and I would call these categories of constant and never-ending improvement. For short, we call them categories of improvement. These are areas that you've got to constantly focus on once a week, once a month, some of them once a day. They're areas that never go away. Does that make sense? And so in your personal life, what would be some areas you've got to constantly focus on? You might say, well, there's my health. There might be a drawer called family. There might be another one on finances. Does that make sense? And within those areas, you could have specific goals for this year, for this month, for this week. You might have certain musts that had to go in there. But you could put everything in there, and you could look at it once a week or once a month to make sure you're on target. Am I making sense? Yes or no? Would this help you to chunk your life a little bit? Yes or no? Because if your whole personal life could fit into six, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve max of these, you could chunk it, and you could keep track that I'm still making progress. Because most people make progress on what they focus on. So they focus on their business and their body deteriorates. Who can relate to this one? Raise your hand. Or they focus on their body and their relationships deteriorate. You're so damn into yourself, you're never even here. Or they focus on their kids and their intimate relationship breaks down. But if you had a way to keep on target, you could still put more focus on some things than others, but you kept it balanced, your life would work better. What are some areas, categories within your business that you have to constantly focus on and improve? Someone tell me. What are some categories that never go away? Tell me. Marketing. That would be a drawer. What's another one? Sales. What's another one? Accounting, finances, cost controls. What's another one? Culture. Empowered employees. 
Do you think you could take everything in your business and maybe put it in a maximum of 12 drawers? And then whenever you had a meeting, you could say, what are our outcomes? Instead of this long list, you go, what are our outcomes around empowering our employees? What are the outcomes for this year, for this quarter, for this month, for this meeting related to sales? What are our outcomes for this meeting? To marketing. And guess what? Then you don't have this situation where you're doing great one part of the business, the other part bites you. See, if she doesn't do the paperwork, i.e. the finances, the production, whatever, and she focuses only on sales, we can guarantee her failure. It's only a matter of time. And it's not because she doesn't care. It's because she doesn't have a system of chunking her life. She gets overwhelmed because she thinks of sales as all these things. More likely, she makes paperwork all these things. I talk to people all the time. Somebody who doesn't work out regularly, doesn't exercise regularly, I'll say, how important do you think work out? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you'll finally get them where they say, I'm going to work out. But I'll say, why haven't you worked out up until now? I know you're committed now, but up until now, I want, not excuses, not, I'm not making you wrong. Just tell me. When you think about working out, tell me how you think about it. And listen, this is what they'll say to me. Well, just, God, it's so much work. Really? Well, tell me what, what do you got to do to work out? So, well, you know, I mean, yeah, pff, me right now? I don't, I don't even have any running shoes. I don't have any gear. I don't have any clothes. I'd have to go buy the stuff. I'd have, you know, I'd have to drive to the sporting goods store and, you know, then I'd have to go in there and try stuff on. And, you know, I don't feel very good about my size now anyway. It'd be uncomfortable. And then, you know, after I pick what's working, you know, I don't really know what I should be wearing. I don't know if I'm going to run or I'm going to work out or lift weights. So I don't know what to buy, but let's assume I got all that stuff. Well, then what? Well, then, you know, I got to go to the front and sit there in that damn counter and wait, 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 and then write the check and then get in my car and well, what else do you have to do? Then I have to find a place to work out. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, I'd, I'd have to, you know, go on the web and search for, you know, clubs nearby and then, well, well then I have to drive to each of those individual clubs and I'd have to go in and, you know, kind of go through the tour they give you and, and then sit through somebody trying to pitch me on buying 500 years of subscription to go there and, and I don't like to be sold and, well, let's say you bought one. Well, then they take a picture of you and you look ugly. It looks worse than your driver's license. And, you know, then, I, then each time I go there, I have to go there, I have to drive there, I have to, like, find a place to park. And then, you know, I got to go in and show my badge. And then I got to go find the locker. And then I got to hang my stuff up and it's going to drop. And, you know, I put on my stuff and I got to go wait for the first machine. It's probably sweaty, so I have to probably walk it out, wipe it off. And then I go to one machine, another machine, another machine. And then I got to come back and now I got to take off my sweaty clothes, and now I gotta go take a shower and see parts of people's bodies I don't really wanna see. And then, you know, after all that, then I gotta dry my hair again, put on my makeup, put on my clothes that are probably wrinkled, put in the smelly bag, and then I gotta go show them the thing so they can stamp my thing so I don't have to pay for the parking. And then I gotta find my car, and I gotta get my car, and then I gotta drive off. Wanna eat? Sure. What does eating take? Well, you just do it. Let's just drive there and eat. Eating is two steps in their mind. Working out is 429. The way you chunk things is what makes you like them or dislike them. See, when I first wanted to drive that stick shift car, it was a lot of chunks. I gotta watch the road, drive this, do this, push this in and out too, and watch the rear view mirror? No way. But now, you watch the road, you drive the car, you know all that's one chunk. It's in your body. How many follow what I'm talking about here? Say I. So you can overchunk something into too many items, or you can underchunk it where it's overwhelming to try and do one big step. That's where the art comes as far as chunking is concerned. So in your life, you want to be able to come up with categories for your personal life, 
categories for your professional life. Does this make sense? So let's try something. Let's give you a quick little example. What I want you to do is if you take a look here, I want you to, on a, the middle of this circle is zero, and the outside edge is 10. 10 means where you want it to be. Whatever a 10 is for you, it's different for everyone. So zero is you're not where you want to be, 10 is exactly where you'd like to be. So if you look on the screen, what I'm asking you to do is, let's say for example, the physical area of your life, and I want you to go, now notice this person went up about 70% of the way. They're a seven out of the 10. Their idea of a 10, or what they like to be physically, they're not. They're not a zero, they're about something, and they draw a straight line across. Then we look at emotion and meaning. And we say, how much, where do you live emotionally? How much joy, excitement, happiness, passion, aliveness compared to what you want? How much meaning? And this person went zero to 10 and they went, you know, I'm about a three. I'm about 30% there or 2.5%, 25% there. Where are you compared to you are where you want to be? It's not somebody else's judgment in your relationship. Zero to 100% of where you want to be would be 10. By the way, if you don't have a relationship, it would be zero. Just for you, in case you need coaching on this. Okay? And then if we go time, where are you in the mastery of your time? Where time serves you versus you serve time. And this person says, yeah, I'm about seven out of 10 that. How about your career? How's that going zero to 10? This person goes, I'm an eight on that. Draw a straight line across. Where are your finances? I'm doing damn good there. I'm at a nine on my finances. And where are you in your sense of celebration of life? Life is a celebration. You feel a great sense of contribution. They said, no, I'm pretty stressed. I'd have to say, honestly, I'm at about a three there or two there. Do yours real fast. Just draw a straight line across where you are. Center is zero. Out is 10. Zero is not at all. 10 is exactly where you want to be. Just real fast. You got 30 seconds. Great, so look at, your, look at your design that's in front of you right now and just ask yourself this question. If this was the wheel on the car called your life, how would your car run? Better yet, what if you're gonna drive that car 150 miles an hour? What could you guarantee is gonna happen, my friends? What's gonna happen? You're gonna crash. How many are gonna have a lot of stress when you start try, trying to drive this thing fast? Say I. Guess what owning your own business is? Driving 150 miles an hour, isn't it? So what used to be okay when you work for somebody else, is kind of bumpy and stressful, when all the responsibility ultimately is yours, and it's out of balance, it's pure pain. How many can relate to this in some way? Say I. Things get this way because most people ask the question, what do I need to what? do. They don't have a set of categories that once a week they look and go, okay, what's my most important outcome for my body this week? What's my most important outcome for my relationships? Yes, in the middle of everything else, I'm going to put those rocks in first. Somebody gave you that metaphor, right? I'm not going to pour all the water in first, I'll put the rocks in. Here are the most important outcomes for anything else shows up for each of those areas, because otherwise the time's going to be gone. How many follow I'm talking about here? Say I. So that's why we do a once a week planning session where we look at our categories, both professional or business and personal. Make sense? 
Now, the way we do that is with language also that's compelling. Here's some examples of how some people have chunked their life. These are their categories of constant, never-ending improvements. For Suzanne Williamson, it's family, business, friends, community, physical well-being, finance, emotional, and spiritual. This is my old list. It's been updated, but it was my physical power, I called it, world-class health and fitness. By the way, why did I use that language? I could have just said body. It juices me up. Physical power, because I want the power to get up and rock, to take the room, to make it happen, to shift things for my wife, for myself, for my family, right? Second, emotional juice. Why don't I call it that instead of just emotion? Because emotion doesn't, but emotional juice. I want an emotionally juicy life. Outstanding family life, extraordinary friendships, absolute financial freedom, renaissance man, the Kanai of AJR, the constant ever improvement of myself, the creator of the good life for my family, extraordinary communicator, leader, contributor, force for good, and spirit and soul force for God. Those are my spiritual outcomes. Gene Carter has emotional fitness, family, heart, and soul, physical prowess, forever friendships, home sweet home, gracious giver, health wizard, spiritual soul. Here's what I want you to do. Write your categories right now. Just the first run. Do not be perfect. If you had to take your personal life and chunk it into five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, probably twelve most categories that everything your life fits in, that you look at on a regular basis, write them down, but then put the words in front of them, rewrite them. So they're compelling. I'm going to give you literally eight minutes to write as fast as you can. Come up with the categories for your personal life. Go. Go.